Hello and a triple welcome to the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand for a healthier planet. It's a welcome to 2023, of course, a welcome to season three of the show, and a welcome to the new time slot for episode release. Going forward, we're going to be publishing on Monday mornings instead of Friday afternoons like we've been doing to date. Of course, as always, I'm your host, Giles Smith, and given this is the first show of the year, it seems like a good time to have a bit of fun and make some predictions for the year ahead, but more importantly, to chat about what you can do to prepare your business for success. So for each of today's predictions, I'm going to strive to give you some practical things to be thinking about, to be planning for, and to be taking action on so that you stay one step ahead. So with that, let's start the show. We really do have to start predictions for 2023 by looking at the state of the global economy and especially the economies in Australia, New Zealand, US, UK and EU, the regions where most of my clients as well as guests on the show typically sell into. There are obviously regional differences from place to place, but by and large, the huge scare of runaway inflation has been put to rest now. But if you do go and do a quick Google for economic predictions for 2023, that's about where the good news ends. We're almost certain to see sustained and elevated inflation through the whole of this year. And accordingly, we're going to see continued rising interest rates to combat that, at least in the first half of the year and maybe into Q3. Most economists seem to be predicting that interest rate rises will tail off in Q3 and be static in Q4, but almost no one is predicting interest rate drops this year. There's a lot of spin around whether various territories are or aren't in recession, which is technically two consecutive quarters of negative growth. But most economists are suggesting that for most people, 2023 is going to feel like a recession, even if inflation helps us to avoid being in a technical recession. And you're likely to get sick of hearing the phrase cost of living crisis. So in short, I feel like economically things got a lot worse in 2022 and we'll see the slide slow down a little bit and bottom out in 2023 before actually improving in 2024. And I feel pretty confident with that, with three major caveats. If the war in the Ukraine escalates, all bets are off. If China decides to make good on reclaiming Taiwan, all bets are off. And if you've been following the reversal of the zero COVID policy in China through December and into January, the sheer scale of the fresh epidemic there has the ability to impact the world with new variants. Whether it will and what impact that might have on future lockdowns and domestic economic activity in Australia and other places is anyone's guess. All that being said, what does the economic prediction mean for your business? Well, firstly, it means that financing is going to be harder to come by this year, or at least more expensive. In other words, if you've been using inventory financing, a credit card of some kind or a variable rate debt arrangement to purchase inventory, your interest payments are going to increase again in 2023. 
Given that inventory purchasing is usually the biggest dent in your cash flow month to month, I highly recommend spending some time ASAP to work through a cash flow forecast for this year and figuring out sooner rather than later what your financing approach is going to be. It also means most likely that your cost of goods is going to go up. By now, you're probably used to that and you've made some decisions already about whether you're going to continue to wear that cost increase whether you need to look elsewhere for sourcing options, or whether you're going to pass on those price rises directly to your customers. I don't see that changing in 2023. It's going to continue. If you've taken the approach of living with narrower margins and you've been nervous about putting up prices, now might be a good time to take another look at your pricing. The world needs your sustainable brand to thrive, and no matter which way you cut it, narrowing margins are not sustainable. Of course, the economic conditions have an impact on consumer behavior too. Higher interest rates and higher inflation mean your customers have less disposable income. And that means we'll likely see a higher degree of value sensitivity in 2023, certainly more than in 2020 and 2021. And similarly, we'll likely see less spontaneous purchasing. For us as sustainable brands, honestly, I think this is a very, very good thing. Spontaneous purchasing is where people see a glossy Facebook ad and follow the seen it, want it, buy it sort of mindless consumption pathway. But one of the first tenets of living sustainably is that people don't purchase stuff they don't actually need. If people are slowing down and being more considered about what they buy, this is great news for sustainable brands. 2023, I think, is going to see a continuation of the sort of semi-apocalyptic weather events we've been getting used to in 2021 and 22. Just over the Christmas break, we've seen extraordinarily cold weather hit the east coast of the US and extreme water events hit California. We've seen uncharacteristically cold snaps and snow in the UK while ski resorts in the Alps have been unable to open and alpine valleys that have had continuous snow cover for 2000 years are now exposed bare earth. While these events vary from alarming to tragic, the point is that mainstream consumers are seeing and experiencing these things firsthand. And so climate change and sustainability is absolutely more front of mind than ever. Every report I've read in the last 12 months and every report I've found on consumer behavior that was conducted post-pandemic suggests that increasingly consumers are choosing to buy from brands that align with their values, choosing to buy from brands that are taking positive action on sustainability, and choosing to buy from brands that help them and make it easy for them to live more sustainably. So coming back to the economic conditions, more considered purchasing is great for sustainable brands, but only if your messaging is clear. If you fail to quickly, clearly and convincingly communicate how your products are made sustainably and how your customer can have an impact when they choose to buy from you, you're going to find yourself in a competitive struggle with non-sustainable and potentially cheaper alternatives. And that's bad news in an era where people are looking for greater value proposition. So coming back to pricing again, Plenty of pundits say that consumers are willing to pay a little more for sustainable products. And I think that's going to stay true to a degree in 2023, but I think it's too general a statement. Assuming you're telling your story well, yes, I think that's true for eco-warriors and impact buyers. Aspirational ecocentrics, though, are likely to be looking more carefully at the full value proposition, like we've said. Aspirational ecocentrics probably still account for more than half 
of all mainstream consumers. So while you may need to look at pricing to fix any margin decay, you'll also need to look at how you can position products to deliver more value and take a fresh look at the hierarchy of benefits that you're presenting in the sales process. For example, can you bundle highly related products together to increase the total perceived value? If you've been leading with the sustainability benefits of your product based on the material choices, can you reposition that to show how it will save the customer money in the long run due to higher quality? So enough about economics. What about supply chains? Well, unknowns around the impact of China's COVID resurgence aside, we should see a continuation of the trends from 2022, and that being improved reliability of shipping and container prices continuing to get a bit cheaper. A couple of things to bear in mind, though. The shipping industry is rightly under increasing pressure to improve its environmental footprint. In 22, we already saw some innovation in electric light delivery vehicles. And I think in 2023, we'll see moves there in electric HDVs and boats and maybe even aircraft. All of that innovation costs money. And for that reason, I don't think we'll see container prices returning back to their cheapest pre-COVID levels. This year also sees the introduction of environmental legislation on shipping under rule IMO 2023, which basically forces the shipping lines to improve the fuel efficiency of their vessels. Now, it's quite hard to make an existing vessel more fuel efficient without taking it offline. And because they're hugely expensive assets, they do need to be kept in service. So what I think this likely means is that they'll simply slow down the vessels and adopt a fuel-saving technique known as slow steaming. Now, what all this means for you is you're going to see better container prices than 2022. You're going to see more reliability of delivery than in 2022, but you'll probably also see longer transit times. So plan for that carefully when you're doing your inventory purchasing, especially well ahead of peak times. And just to round out logistics by looking at last mile, I'm going to be watching this space closely this year. I think we're going to see a significant rise in innovation and acceleration in the EV and maybe even e-bike delivery space. Amazon's been working on e-van delivery fleet in the US for a couple of years. And here in Australia, most of the last mile bike delivery with Australia Post is e-bike based already. There is a huge structural tension building around how to handle container returns in a circular and reuse economy. The tension, of course, is that as more and more brands adopt circular models, there's a growing demand for reverse logistics. And I think we'll see more and more big brands adopting circular models this year. That could be things like recapturing containers and primary packaging or end-of-life take-back schemes. But I also think we'll see more and more of the bigger brands implementing reuse and second-hand marketplaces to try and recapture some of the brand presence they lost over the past 18 months through the explosion of re-commerce platforms like Relove and Renter and Release It. The reverse logistics service needed to get items back to the brand has typically been delivered by existing logistics providers who classically operate hub and spoke models of distribution centers optimized for outbound delivery, not collection. There are a few services starting to emerge, though, that specialize this in Europe. And I think and I hope we'll see some of this gather pace through 23 and 24 here in Australia. 
Now, I'm going to put myself out there and say that this year, in 2023, I think we'll see a bit of a reckoning in regards to carbon credit schemes. And I think we'll see at least one carbon credit scandal this year. The industry has grown so rapidly that while there are certainly awesome providers out there doing all the right things with verification and so on, my gut tells me that there's some shifty stuff going on too. And the ease with which some brands choose to claim carbon neutral as a thing has definitely got the attention of regulators. As I mentioned in the last episode, consumer protection agencies like the ACCC have carbon claims high on their watch list at the moment. And I fully expect to see more news related to authorities clamping down on false claims through the course of this year. And in fact, more broadly, I think we're going to see greenwashing and regulations attempting to deter greenwashing hitting fever pitch this year. Let's be honest, the rise in greenwashing is simply a reflection that all major brands recognize the huge consumer demand for sustainable solutions. Everyone wants to cash in on that demand, whether or not their products are truly sustainable. Regulations are definitely coming to clamp down on greenwashing, again led by Europe. And at this stage, mostly focused on the fashion industry. So I think we'll see a lot more noise about greenwashing this year, which itself educates consumers. Together with what I think will happen in the carbon credit space, I think that all this is inevitably going to result in rising scepticism about sustainability claims. And to me, that's once again a good thing. I definitely don't think consumers should be tricked into purchasing products because they have earthy green packaging or a leaf icon on it. But it does mean that if you haven't already you really should take a fresh look at your product messaging. Consumers certainly want to know about the sustainability elements of your product and how it helps them live more sustainably. But are you being transparent about how and where your product is made and what it's made from? Can you support your green claims with certifications of some kind or science-backed proof? If you can, make sure that that is clearly communicated on your product pages. And if you can't yet, maybe now is the time to start looking to work with certain lifecycle providers and get more clarity on the sustainability of your products. Coming back to what consumers want again, the purpose purchasing movement will continue to gain traction this year. And that's purpose with a capital P. In other words, consumers will continue to gravitate towards brands that not only align with their values through content, but who are actively making an impact in the world. But just like they're getting savvy around greenwashing, consumers are getting savvy around purpose washing too. In the same way that you need to be substantiating green claims on your products, you will increasingly need to substantiate impact claims for your brand. I think we'll see then a huge rise this year in brands openly providing mission updates, but also brands inviting consumers in to experience the impact for themselves, either by streamable content or in-person group activities like cleanup days. Not only do those things provide demonstrable evidence that their money is well-placed when they buy from you, it also provides you with a very rich and compelling source of content. Purpose-based business is now a tried and proven model for where entrepreneurialism and philanthropy meet. And with the prevailing economic conditions being a challenge for legacy brands, I feel confident in saying that 2023 is a year where purpose-driven business movement really is going to accelerate. Now, no e-commerce predictions episode will be complete without looking at the state of digital marketing. We've already talked about how the cost of living crisis will change consumer behavior this year towards more value sensitivity and a reduction in spontaneous purchasing. 
both of those things make it harder and more expensive to get traditional paid media advertising working for your brand. The average cost of acquisition is going to go up again this year, subject always to seasonal fluctuations. At the same time, while Meta, and we're talking about Facebook and Instagram, is still the best channel to be spending money on to increase your top of funnel sales, its outright dominance is going to continue to slide. Contrary to a prediction that I made at the start of last year, they haven't in fact genuinely found a solution to the iOS-induced privacy changes, and the third-party data pixel model continues to degrade in performance. From a strategic standpoint, Zuckerberg is betting the farm on the metaverse and just isn't focused on shoring up their traditional value stream of paid media. So the days of being able to smash your business plan using single channel growth are gone. Which channel, if any, rises to take Meta's place fills my crystal ball with fog at this point. TikTok still remains the great hope, especially with the introduction of TikTok shopping. But while I know some people do get good sales from the channel and even drive profitable sales, as yet it still isn't as scalable as Facebook once was. But that said, native and in-app shopping continues to rise proportionally versus website sales. And that makes sense in a world where first-party data rules. So if you haven't already set up your feeds to optimize for native shopping, or you haven't set up your Shopify shop app channel, take the time to do that this quarter. So if Facebook is going to continue to slide and there are not yet any obvious alternatives, what should you do? Well, without doubt, the most important thing you can do is to look at your website conversion rate. Now, conversion rate is a key indicator for performance, no matter how you're bringing traffic to your store, but it is impacted by a huge number of variables. And so that makes it quite hard to get a consistent read on exactly what you need to fix. But knowing as I do that you're a sustainable brand and knowing that you need to convert a mixture of eco-warriors, impact buyers and aspirational ecocentrics this year, here are five of the top things I think you should check out and consider investing on if you want to improve your website conversion. So firstly, make sure that your homepage clearly articulates your brand purpose and make sure your brand impact is clear across your whole customer journey. You know customers prefer to choose brands that are making a difference, so make sure they know that's you. Secondly, make sure the eco-credentials of your product are clear and help your customers understand how choosing your product is a genuinely better alternative than an equivalent solution not made with the same degree of care for our planet. Can you show certifications? Can you demonstrate how the materials you've chosen reduce plastic or are less carbon intensive or less water intensive? Make sure that information is presented clearly in a quickly consumable way for your customers. Thirdly, make sure you have really high quality images, not just of the product, but showing how it solves the customer's functional and sustainability problems. About half the visitors to your product pages will decide whether they want to purchase or not after scrolling through the images, and that's especially true on mobile. You've got to make sure your images convey your brand message, give absolute clarity about what the customer can expect to find when they open that package, and show how using your product is going to solve their problem. And talking of shipment, make sure you're being really clear about shipping costs, shipping times, and how sustainable your shipments will be. Do you use compostable satchels? Do you have plastic-free shipping? Are your deliveries carbon neutral? 
If so, make sure that information is clearly accessible from every product page as well as during the checkout process. You'd be surprised at how many brands I talk to that are doing a terrific job of communicating their product sustainability, but completely forget to communicate their shipment sustainability. And yet it's one of a consumer's biggest bugbears, how they handle and what they do with all the packaging material. So make sure you're talking them through that. It is definitely a purchasing factor. And last but not least, social proof. Have you invested in getting a constant stream of reviews and user-generated content from your customers, demonstrating the product in action and showing how it makes it easier to live more sustainably? If you haven't, make sure that's one of the top priority things you look at this quarter. Another thing you can do to optimize your website conversion rate is to invest in a mystery shopper investigation. The reality is that 80% of brands think that they deliver a superior customer service, but only 8% of shoppers actually agree with them. Ultimately, the only way to understand that is to see what customers have to say, but getting insights from real customers is notoriously difficult. Mystery shopping services like Humi can really help bridge that gap and give you a much clearer picture of where your customer experience is falling down. And the great news is that Humi are joining us on the show in a few weeks, so you can hear more about how they can help then. Aside from site conversion, for success in 2023, you'll need to look for other ways to drive traffic and sales beyond paid media and organic search. And one area that I think is a hugely underrated opportunity for sustainable brands is partnerships. Finding other brands who share your same purpose and then doing collaborations with them is a win-win for everyone. You get to co-create and share content. You get to access each other's lists and help each other's customers discover relevant products that help them live more sustainably. And the last area I'm going to touch on today is first-party and zero-party data. If you don't know what that is, First-party data is essentially information you collect about your customers through their interaction with things like your website and email list, while zero-party data is information the customer explicitly gives you about themselves, for example, via surveys or feedback forms. Now, this kind of data is not new. It's just that in a world where we can't rely anymore on third-party data points like the Facebook pixel, the data you own yourself becomes more and more important. And for that reason, I think we'll see a huge return to things like surveys and lead magnets this year, all designed to attract new list subscribers that brands can market to. Now, while it might seem like a long time away right now, now is the time to focus on building your list ready for the November and December sales season. I have a feeling that paid media is going to be eye-wateringly expensive come November. But for most brands, 60 to 80% of their sales through the period, especially at any sales events they may be running, actually come from their existing list. So this quarter, focus on optimizing your lead acquisition and focus on learning as much as you can about your leads via interactive surveys and things like that to help segment them and engage them with what your brand stands for. Now is the most cost-effective time to do that and you've got time to build that brand trust and relationship through the year without being forced. So I hope you found some of those predictions a bit of fun and I hope the recommendations were useful. Above all, 
2023 is going to be another interesting year of new normals and i for one can't wait to see how sustainable e-commerce explodes this year and i hope your brand is one of the success stories if your brand is doing great things for the health of our planet, if you've got an interesting journey you'd like to share on the show, or if there's other brands you'd like to hear from in an episode, hit me up on LinkedIn and let's see if we can make that happen. I'll be back next week with more stories from the world of sustainable e-commerce. So until then, keep building your brand for a healthier planet.